people hire a software to do a job. You know, this is something that's really important to understand that like they just want to get something done. And uh, my job was to understand what is that thing they want to get done and how they wanted to get done with like minimal pain, minimal suffering, minimal time. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. And I first have to apologize for the slightly inadequate audio quality. I'm actually using my MacBook microphone, which is obviously inferior to the the normal Blue Yeti sound quality. That will be fixed next time. And in today's episode, we're going to be jumping into an interview. I did a little bit of time ago with a awesome guy called Omar Zenholm. Now, Omar is the founder and CEO of Webinar Ninja, which is a quite interesting webinar SaaS product that has been growing pretty incredibly over the past four to five years. When we did this interview, they were on approximately $640,000 MRR, completely bootstrapped. And it's a beautiful example of how you should bootstrap a company. And actually, after the interview, I'm going to be kind of breaking down why I love this story, what I think Webinar Ninja have done incredibly well, and how you can kind of replicate that. But first, we have to give a shout out to another reviewer. This is to Daniel Ramsey, who says, Tom, this is one of the honest, most honest podcasts I've ever listened to. Thank you so much for sharing so much. So thank you so much for that, Daniel, who is in Canada. Thank you, Daniel. So of course, if you're able to leave a review, preferably on Apple Podcasts. That would be amazing. I'll get you read out with a shout out to you slash your business in the intro to a future show. So let's actually jump in right now to that discussion with Omar, where we dig into how they started the business and how they've grown Webinar Ninja to what must be close to now a million dollars in MRR with no outside funding. Welcome, Omar. So a little bit of background. The article we wrote about Omar and Webinar Ninja was really focusing on how they've built a a SaaS business that I I believe really solved the need of the people that they were aiming for, which kind of left the whole marketing thing almost irrelevant because they built this product that really, really solved a problem that people had running webinars. Um, And so we wrote the article about how they've focused on a couple of things that the previous competitors didn't do very well and communicate that very clearly on their site. Um, So we're going to jump a little bit deeper into that in the next 20 minutes. Omar, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me. Um, And I'd also like to highlight that Omar has a a massive, long-standing podcast called The $100 MBA. I don't know if you know, Omar, but in about 2016 or 17, I recorded a guest episode of your podcast uh, where I talked about hiring virtual assistants, I believe. Wow. <laughs> so you're familiar with the show and it's, I love the, the fact that you've contributed to our audience. So thanks, man. Yeah. Um, and so the first thing I want to dive into is how you, because $100 MBA has been running for like six years, right? Correct. Um, so you have built up a significant audience in kind of the, the online entrepreneur space. So you almost did that first, had the attention, and then you've now Build, build a product that solves the problem for them. Was that like a conscious thing that you did? Or did you start the podcast and then realize actually there's a big need here? It's probably one of the only conscious things I did in my entrepreneurial journey. And it was, it was like a light bulb moment for me because 
I was watching a video interview of uh, Seth Godin, and he mentioned in passing and sort of like in a joke, like one of the easiest ways to become successful is to become famous. And it was people were laughed and the audience laughed, but he was like, I'm, I'm serious, actually. Like, you really don't have anything without an audience. And, and it just kind of um, illustrated or I, I would say um, articulated my pain point at the moment. At the moment, I had an online course called The $100 MBA, which uh, delivered video content, video training to those who want to learn the basics of business to start an online business. And I was struggling to get memberships because I get, I don't have anybody to talk to. I, my email list was weak. I had no audience. Um, and if you talk to any struggling entrepreneur, it's probably their number one pain. You speak to you know highly qualified developers that you know create these great apps, but they don't get any traction and they give up. It's because they don't have an audience. You know, it's because they just have nobody to talk to. Nobody to you know. There's only so much you could sell to your friends and family. You know. Uh, so it was a very conscious choice. Um, and in fact, we actually launched a podcast before the hundred MBA show, which was a total failure. We learned a whole bunch of lessons in that, in that, in that whole exercise. Uh, but we were really, um, you know, we really believed in the medium of podcasting uh, as podcast listeners. I say we, me and my co-founder, Nicole. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, at that second try of the hundred MBA show, uh, really, the big differentiator for us was that we focused on our strengths. So uh, for those who don't know, I, I was an educator for over 13 years, high school, university teacher. Um, and our first podcast is an interview podcast. And we had some great guests. And it was you know fun to meet all these wonderful entrepreneurs. But Nicole and I are horrible at interviewing. It, it was just not doing well at all. Um, you know, and, it, and we really wanted to build a, a large audience that we can you know, build a business on. Um, and I think our best episode still still on iTunes. Uh, but it's, our best episode maybe got like um, a little under four hundred downloads or something like that, and you know, which is fine. And it's not, but that was not really our goal. It's not really what we were trying to do. Um, and then when we relaunched, uh, you know, we kind of started a new podcast, the Hundred MBA Show. We really analyzed like why didn't that work, and it really boiled down to two things. Number one. We were really focusing on our strengths, which is, you know, we both have you know, great experience in teaching. You know, why am I interviewing people? I should be teaching on this podcast. And we really didn't see any other podcasts that taught lessons in business. It was usually, uh, you know, whether it's discussion and banter or an interview podcast. Um, and we really liked the model of like um, language learning, like um, Coffee Break French, Coffee Break Spanish, which are popular language learning podcasts. And we thought, hmm, no one's really doing this in business, teaching business lessons. And that was the second thing that we did, right, which is differentiate in a way that adds value to the marketplace where people are like, you know, I, I don't have much time to maybe get into an hour backstory, uh, which is great. I love long form podcasts. I, I listen to a whole bunch of them. But, you know, you got to be able to fulfill the needs of other people. And, and that's what the show kind of did and kind of took off uh, from, from when we launched it in August 2014. And just for the listeners, um, what is the format, like length of episode, uh, posting frequency of the podcast that you've maintained over the so, years? So, yeah, it's a daily podcast, five days a week. And it's uh, the content's about 10 to 15 minutes long. And it's a very um, 
concise yet very practical business lesson on a particular topic. It could be Facebook ads. It could be making your first hire. It could be how to know how much to pay yourself as an you know as a solopreneur. That type of stuff. So um, what people really love about it is that it's enough for them to consume an episode or two on their commute, and they have something actual to do immediately after the episode. Um, and that's kind of how we got the following um, through really just delivering a good show. I know. Um, it's funny at the end of the day, if you just give people something good, that usually works. Um, which is kind of what you've done with webinar ninja again, but, um, let's wait till we get there. Um, so you, you had this podcast, the audience was growing. I presume you've monetized in other ways before shifting to software. So we we had the course the hundred dollar BA which helped uh, helped kind of finance our life um, because the show was growing so therefore it, it drove some traffic to the site. Um, it, it, I have to say um, it's interesting because the timing of us releasing the podcast uh, was really difficult, but at the same time it was I look back at it and it was like it's actually pretty good timing. Um, you know we launched at the same time like Tim Ferriss launched his podcast, you know startup. You know, cereal is just coming up. You know, and it was a really tough time to launch a lot of competition. Shaq had a podcast, and Stephen Colbert, and you know, I was competing with these pixels on iTunes. Um, but we were able to kind of differentiate and be consistent enough. And it's funny because um, you know I was working so hard on just creating a great show and making sure that we get better and better, and I get better on the mic every time I recorded. That I really didn't notice that the show was growing and becoming so successful. I was looking at my numbers, you know, here and there, but I think the moment that we realized, okay, this thing is actually a thing, like something that really resonates with people. Um, it was uh, a little. We were Nicole and I were visiting uh, Sydney and visiting Nicole's family in in Sydney for um, for the holidays and around Christmas time, and. You know, I woke up and Nicole's like waking me up. She's like, wake up, look at your phone, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what's going on? And I'm getting these tweets and these messages. And, you know, iTunes named us as best of iTunes, one of like the top 20 podcasts on iTunes, which was incredible for us. But for me, it was a shocker. I was like, what? I don't, we're just like this small team trying to build things and trying to make a great show and whatever. Um, and it was just like the moment was like, okay, I guess this is good now. Sometimes you need like an external validation sometimes. And I think I was just so busy trying to create a great show that I didn't realize it was actually getting traction and a lot of listens and, and the attention of the iTunes editors and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then from there, that really propelled us to get even you know more exposure because of uh, that endorsement. I, I, there's two things you mentioned that I think is so, so important for um, any, probably any business, but specifically content creators, is consistency and continuous improvement. Uh, you have to, your listeners have to trust that you're going to deliver something regularly, but they also want something good and you're going to get good by doing it and repeating and improving. Yeah, it's a tough one because you have to be critical of yourself. Um, you have to listen back or review your own work. And, uh, you know, it's going to be cringeworthy. You know, it's going to be things that are going to be hard to digest, but that means you're improving, which is good. It also means that, you know, you're keeping your ego in check because um, that's always a factor when you're, you gain any kind of success um, to understand that, hey, you still have a long way to go and this all could vanish tomorrow if you don't, you know, stay on top of it. Yeah. So moving now towards Webinar Ninja, how did you discover that there was actually a need for uh, 
new webinar software. So I was running webinars to uh, gain new memberships to the $100 MBA program. Um, I was running them every week and I loved the concept of webinars. It was, it, it was working. I was making sales. I was able to nurture my audience. I was able to retain customers. Um, and the medium was very c- comfortable for me um, because of my teaching background. And I was like, wow, this concept is incredible. I could teach at mass and help people out and be able to you know, provide my products and services. Um, but I was really frustrated with the software options out there. And unfortunately, like there wasn't anything that was all in one. It was very, I had to hodgepodge or Frankenstein everything together. I'd have to get, uh, you know, my own kind of uh, webinar video side of things, a streaming side of things. And then I would have to build my own landing pages to get the registration page. And I had to integrate that with my email marketing software like MailChimp to get the emails. And then I had to embed my own chat. And then after it's all over, I have to like grab the replay and pop it into a page I create for a replay page. I have to make sure this all works together and I have to do this all over again every week. So it was a lot of trouble. And I was like, there's got to be an easier way to do this, you know? And one of, one of the first businesses I had was, uh, I was a business consultant. I used to build uh, websites uh, on WordPress uh, for clients. So I know a bit of PHP, a bit of HTML, CSS. I know my way, way around WordPress. And I, I created a very small, I, I can't even call it a software. It was just like a hacked together tool, which was a WordPress plugin at the time to automate that process of creating a landing page, creating you know, a registration page, having the stream be embedded, you know, having some sort of chat that would be able to go back and forth with my, with my um, audience. And I started running webinars with it just to save myself some time, hours you know, every week. And I just you know, was focused on building my audience and, and selling my course. And as I was running the webinars, the attendees on the webinar were like, hey, what are you using for this webinar? Which is like, just something we slapped together, you know, to make my life easy. And they're like, well, can we buy it? And at that moment, I was like, oh man. Um, and it's funny because I've had enough failures in business to know that, you know, uh, talk is cheap. People will say, I, I want to buy that. That's a good idea. That's a brilliant idea. Um, but we wanted to put, you know, uh, the idea to the test. So what we decided to do is I just created a landing page um, a sales page, so to speak, of some mock-ups of what it would be like to experience the software. Um, uh, we put it up for pre-sale, basically, and we offered two, uh, actually 150 spots at the beginning, beta spots, saying, hey, you're going to purchase access to this you know, in a few months, no exact deadline, um, with the promise of a better software solution. Just and let me you know preface this where this is you know it was quite ugly it was clunky but it was just better than what was out there and that uh, the 150 spots sold out in 48 hours so at that moment we're like okay and I had a small email list at the time okay there's some demand let's see if we can pre-sell a few more spots to see if we can get some more funding for the development of this um, and uh, we sold out the next hundred spots uh, in 24 hours. So that that moment, we're like, okay, uh, we have 250 beta users. Let's. I hired a freelance developer that knows a bit more than I do to clean it up to make it available for commercial use to be able to sell, you know, sell licenses and that type of thing. Um, and yeah, so those first 250 beta users are still around with us today. They informed the product since. Uh, we've grown in the last five years. We're now we're over fourteen thousand users, uh, with over a million people have run a web, you know attended a webinar with Webinar Ninja. So it's been it's been a great journey 
Um, but I think I scratched my own itch. Um, we tested how painful that pain is to see if that really needs, so, uh, you know, solving needs uh, a leaving. Um, found out, you know, we were bootstrapped, so we had to kind of collect the money first. And then um, again, we 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 delivered that product, but we also allowed them to refund it if they were not happy within uh, sixty days of us delivering the the pre sold product. Got it. Um, I think this is super interesting because those the, the percentage of those two hundred fifty early customers did they all come from your existing hundred dollar MBA audience? So a couple of things. Number one, I did a lot of guest uh, posting and blogs at the time. So I had a couple of audiences I leaned on where I wrote to so people kind of knew me. I had a small email list at the time of 3,000 people that I emailed, um, people that are actual buyers of, uh, of $100 MBA. Um, I was part of some forums. Um, there was a, it still exists one called Fizzle, which is a, like a, you know, independent business uh, uh, kind of training and community. And I was one of their founding members and um, really helped and contributed and just kind of mentioned, hey, I'm I'm creating this thing. If anybody's interested in becoming a beta member, blah, blah, blah. So a few avenues, small community. Um, yeah, I, I, I know it sounds cheesy, but I think a lot of the credit that I had, a lot of what's what, what's happened with Webinar Ninja is just due to the relationships I've built over the years, um, you know, in order for me to kind of be able to reach out and, and ask to give me a shot, you know? Got it. Um, the next thing I want to cover is how you, I, I'd actually recommend anybody listening to go to webinarninja.com and look at how you communicate the value of the software on the homepage. Because you do, you're very clear on a couple of value propositions, specifically how fast and easy it is to set up a webinar and then like how simple it is and then how you don't have to tie loads of stuff together. Mm -hmm. um, so did you, like, did you know that customers resonated with those benefits before you started communicating about them? Um, uh, so what we did is, so number one, um, at the very start, I just relied on, I mean, you know, a few years ago, I used to rely on just my own experience as like, you know, the first user of Webinar Ninja and my pain points. But I realized, you know, after a few years, after a couple of years, I became a very pro user because I know the product very well. I run a lot of webinars, you know, today now I've run over 500 webinars. So like, I'm not the typical user anymore. So I can't use my own language. I can't use my own perceptions. So we would actually read um, customer reviews that would come back from customer support. Um, I would look at what they love about the support, about the, about the product, um, use the same language that they use, use the same kind of phrasing. Uh, we actually reached out to all our like kind of uh, more avid users that have been with us for a while and asked them to shoot us a, a recording of what you you know, love about the product while you continue to use the product, um, just so I can understand the personas, understand who they are, understand what we really provide. And at the end of the job, people hire a software to do a job. You know, this is something that's really important to understand that like, they just want to get something done. And uh, my job was to understand what is that thing they want to get done and how they wanted to get done with like minimal pain, minimal suffering, minimal time, that kind of thing. So uh, it was a, a combination of just like listening to you know what our customers are saying when they're not being asked, when they are asked, you know, and just using the same language uh, of you know that they they use when they articulate how they describe 
uh, Webinar Ninja because they say that like, uh, word of mouth is like the best you know uh, sales tool, and you want to use the same words that they use when they recommend to their friends, and you want to be able to you know leverage it on your sales pages. Yeah, understanding that you know a lot more about your product and the job that they're trying to do is super important, right? Because you'll then start right, writing on your copy on your homepage that attracts you, but no one knows as much about the product. As totally. You do. Yeah. So, um, and the final thing you actually mentioned about the webinars, you still right now, so Webinar Ninja has 14,000 customers, no, yeah, 14,000 customers. You're still running webinars for the community, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I still do it because I need to still have a pulse on the direction of the company, who we're serving, the, you know, who we want to go after. Um, you know, as the leader, as the CEO of the company, I think that's important because I need to make sure that we need to stay on vision uh, and and also hear from our customers. We do monthly webinars for our members. Uh, to talk about new releases, how to use the new features that we just released, you know, talk about what's on a roadmap, that kind of thing. But it's also a chance for me to connect and hear what they're struggling with, what they need help with, whether it's training, whether it's support, whether it's a type of video they need or some sort of guidance, um, you know, some sort of customer success path. Uh, it, it's really hard to do that if you don't put yourself out there. And to be honest with you, um, it's probably one of our differentiators at Webinar Ninja is that both Nicole and I uh, are known. People know who's behind the company um, versus you know a faceless brand or a name um, where they don't really understand the story behind it. Um, and that has its disadvantages. You know, it ha- you know it has its toll on us as as you know part of the company, but it's uh, helped us uh, get to where we are today. For sure. Um, fantastic. I, I just want to f- finish on one thought that came into my head is that one way of building a software company is you would think you're solving a problem, go and raise money, try and solve that problem, and maybe you solve it, maybe you don't. You lose a bit of control when you raise the money because you're giving away equity. But the way that you've kind of done it, which I think is so much better, is you can build an audience first, pre-sell, and also know that there's a real problem that you're solving before you then go and build it. Um, so, so now you have this company that's growing, and you and Nicole, I presume, still have full control Correct, of everything yeah. that's happening. Um, and so that is what I think you guys have done incredibly well. Omar, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Um, and if there's any way I can help you in any way, let me know. Reach out. You got my email. Um, I hope your audience got something out of today's cons- uh, you know discussion. Um, and if uh, they, they're looking for any help with webinars, you know, they can reach out to me or check out webinarnish.com. Okay, so here is what I love about Webinar Ninja and what Omar has done. Now, the first thing that I think is super amazing is that Omar and Nicole, actually, the other co-founder of Webinar Ninja, first, they, well, they are actually publishing content for the niche years before they even considered starting the product. So that podcast is called The $100 MBA. And actually, in like 2017, I think I did an episode on how to use virtual assistants. Anyway, this podcast, they've been grinding away at it for years and they built a pretty considerable audience. And obviously during that time, they started to really understand who the types of person that they were helping with that content were, what their challenges were. And also then Omar himself had the challenges that Webinar Ninja then went on to solve because he was running, as he mentioned in the interview, webinars for that community. 
And so he first experienced the problems himself because he was experiencing them as a business owner. He also had a massive audience of people who actually had the same kind of challenge. And so he was able to choose something that was obviously more likely to succeed because he had first-hand and second-hand experience of the problem. Now, that's the first benefit of building an audience. But then obviously the second is when you do have something or when you are going to start to build something, you can charge people for it before you've built it. Or you can build it first and then charge people straight away. And so that is the first thing that Omar and Nicole have done incredibly well. And actually, obviously, we're kind of replicating this with the growth of the SaaS marketer media brand and then spinning off the fame agency and Bcast podcast software from there. The second thing Omar and Nicole did incredibly well is they found a niche that was being underserved by the existing market. And I think we may have mentioned this in the interview, but if you look at the kind of almost legacy webinar software products, they were far too expensive, far too hard to create and to or to use to create webinars and really almost archaic. And so what like Omar and Nicole managed to do there was create something that was actually cheaper, much easier to use, and then were able to release that to their internal audience and then get feedback on the product, make it better, and then kind of scale from there. So they spotted that niche that was being underserved. The third thing, obviously, is something that we like to call user-led growth. Each person who starts the webinar with Webinar Ninja exposes the people that are coming onto their webinars to the software. And this is just absolutely beautiful. It really, if you don't have something like this in your growth trajectory, it is quite hard to bootstrap. Because every, with every new customer Webinar Ninja get, they're getting that, that, that attention of the attendees of that, that person. And so there's also the, the affiliate, like a very realistic attempt or opportunity for affiliates for their customers because they're showing Webinar Ninja to those webinar attendees anyway. So why not then also place a link in, and claim the commission? And so that's something that there is a way, there are ways for all new SaaS companies to do that, but it's something that I think Webinar Ninja has done very well. So to summarize, they first built the audience, understood the challenges they were having. Second, they spotted a niche that was underserved. And then third, they integrated user-led growth. So if you are in the process of starting or have started a SaaS company, those are the three things that I would look at. And so with that, I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It is my pleasure to record these episodes. And again, if you can leave a review on Apple, that would be amazing. Just ping me a screenshot, email it to tom at sasmarketer.io, and then I'll get you a shout out on the show. And as always, thank you so much for listening.